Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast live from the Hyman Studios. We are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas. Alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight. And all live shows are presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark, Arkansas, and as well as Bet Online, where it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first-to-market odds and lines, find reviews and news for every league, including NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resources for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A, Five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts, and normally we we go right into football. And I know we have our our weekly women's sports report, but I have to start off with the soccer team advancing to the elite eight, their second elite eight in a row on penalty kicks. And Jacob, before we started uh, recording, we were talking about how crazy it would be to for your your, your season to come to one kick, and it exactly did. Two 10-minute periods of overtime, went to PKs, come to the very last kick, and Grace Barbara with a save that sends them to uh, the Elite Eight matchup against Florida State. Uh, don't know the date or time yet, but I, I just want to send a huge shout-out to Colby Hill and his squad for making it to the Elite Eight again. I mean, they didn't have the uh, regular season that we hoped for, and they didn't have the SEC tournament that we're used to. So for them to make it to the lead eight again, it, it, it's becoming crazy how many teams are making it to the lead eight. I mean, Super Regionals and College World Series. Is, so, Jacob, I just want, you know, want, want to give them a shout-out to start off the show. Oh, yeah, ice in the veins of Grace Barbara. How about that, man? That was <laughs> That was a crucial kick against Memphis, man. And to get you to the Elite Eight, that's, that is awesome. Man, you, you want to see success for all the programs, and that's what Kobe Hill and this Razorback uh, community continues to do out there. Is in, and and man, shout out to them. Got to give it to them because uh, that was a huge, huge win and continues to elevate the soccer program. Yeah, and we'll break down more of it either tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, I'm trying to work some logistics on getting a, a, a surprise guest on the show. But, you know, Arkansas jumped out 2 nothing. You thought they were going to cruise. Memphis tied it up 2-2 right off the bat. Then it got to the 88th minute. Arkansas was up 3-2. Memphis scored a, uh, the equalizer at 3-up. And then it goes into two 10-minute overtimes. And then, of course, into the penalty kick. But, Jacob, I think uh, – when we go to the football game, and, and um, another surpriser. I mean, I, I think I'm a, a, a jinxer when it comes to my predictions and my thoughts. It, the exact opposite happens. So maybe I'm kind of a good luck charm in a way because, you know, I didn't think Arkansas <laughs> would. I mean, I thought with KJ coming back, yes, he was coming back, but we didn't know exactly 
you know, 100%. You know, we knew Ole Miss was, you know, pass-heavy offense, and you didn't really know what type of game. I mean, it's Jekyll and Hyde all year long. So, but it seems like every time I think that uh, Arkansas is is going to underperform, they overperform. So, I mean, I guess maybe I just need to keep on saying that Arkansas is going to lose and they'll keep on winning. But, Jacob, I think you got a little, you got a little something special for, for the show tonight. I, I think you were talking, oh, you are yeah. alluding to something. Oh, yeah. Paul eligible. They're hogs, man. Way to be, uh, way to come back this season for the hogs, man. That, that was an impressive victory. I mean, I don't care if they gave up 21 points in the darn fourth quarter and 700 yards of offense. Most of that was done in the fourth quarter. Shout out to Barry Odom and his defense forcing three turnovers, helmet stickers to Chris Paul, jock straps to the freaking guy that tried to attack my QB one. Man, <laughs> off with them. Man, Dalton Wagner, the WWE's future superstar, the intern about to choke slam the freaking Ole Miss uh, linebacker all the way straight to the – to the depths of Arkansas's purgatory. I mean, that, that uh, I wonder if old boy got his helmet back yet. Did Man. you, did you see, did you see this, the Arkansas fan or whoever stole one of their helmets and run off with oh, it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he got oh, it yeah. back yet or not. <laughs> uh, he, he's probably still running. He, he's probably still on Dixon. He's probably, he's probably got that sitting on his bookshelf somewhere. He's, he's continuing to run and run and run. I mean, that they weren't catching him. Unless uh, he couldn't figure his way out of the stadium, <laughs> but man, that that was pretty wild. Uh, you can't do that. That's that's taboo. I mean, you already beat, you already whipped their tails. There's no reason to go down there and get a helmet. But and you think that was really funny? You got a chuckle out of me. You you look at their rushing totals: 463 yards rushing. Jackson Dart yeah. went 21 of 36 and 240. But I mean, it, it's again, this is a tale of this is why you play the game. You look at these stats yeah. and you're like. There's no way Arkansas won this game, but there's no way Arkansas won the game they the way they did. Uh, and no. and the thing is, like if if anybody wants to question the coaching, we we can sit here and talk all day about play calling and why do you do this and why do you do that and where's this team at? And I even doubted two weeks ago, where's this team at? I wanted to know where this team's identity was. I wanted to know, are they going to willing to be willing to fight after that Liberty game, after a game that we have said that this was the first game where Pittman lost a game he should have won. How are they going to bounce back? And then that following day, I said, they don't have to win the game, but they need to perform. They need to bounce back. And I know after the loss, it felt worse than the Liberty because it was right there in the grass, but they showed improvement. And then they come out and do this. Totally impressed yeah. me. Total. When I looked at the score, I mean, it was just like it, they come out to play. And if KJ Jefferson, and if anybody wants to doubt the coaches, these kids wouldn't have the effort and the performance if they didn't believe in their coach. If they didn't believe in what Browse yeah. was doing, Odom was doing, and Coach Pittman was doing, um, they wouldn't. And, and you kind of touched on something that I want to bring up. It's like. And this is what baffles me. Two weeks ago, we lose to Liberty in a game that was just crazy. I mean, I know it come down to two-point conversion. You play the way you didn't get to LSU, and then you just blow Ole Miss out of the water. The first comment I heard was, well, they gave up all these points in the fourth quarter, and why did they do this? And I'm like, can we not just – I mean, what is it going to take for some people just to enjoy the damn win? Like, you look at this where this program was five years ago. You look where this team was two weeks ago. 
and then you just beat a team that was ranked. You get bowl eligible where two weeks ago you're like, oh, they're going to the toilet bowl, you know, Arkansas three and seven. It's like, well, what's it going to take for some of these people just to be like, okay, let's enjoy this instead of always having some piss poor comment about, well, they didn't do that against Liberty or they shouldn't have gave up all those. They gave up all those points or all those yards and still won <laughs> big time, you know, and, and that's just what yeah. baffles me about some of these people that just, it's like they just want to be miserable. It's like they just want to crap on everything and just be like, enjoy the win. We're going bowling. We'll have fun at the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. It's like it's still going to a bowl game. This team is not yeah. an elite SEC team yet. You can't have those expectations. And before I go to you, Jacob, I want I really want to say, you know, why why do some people blame the team and the players and the coaches because they didn't meet your expectations. You know, they're your expectations, not the not the teams or our expectations. So when your expectations get let down, why are you blaming somebody else for stuff you put on yourself? Yeah. And and another pointer here is uh, I hear a lot of people say like, well, man, why are, why are your expectations just making it bowl? Look, Sam Pittman, he, I've, I've seen it, Porter. I know, I know you kind of are like, what, what? No, like there is people questioning, like, why are you just so happy to make it to a bowl game? Look, they didn't meet their expectations inside that locker room this season. They were expecting to win nine to ten regular season games and make it to a New Year's Six Bowl. That was with a completely healthy team. That's with a completely healthy uh, Jalen Catalan. But you had to mold your expectations into what you had at that point. And, yeah, they lost three in a row uh, during the middle of the season. They lost two in a row with a with – a, uh, uh, again, within one game against Liberty where you didn't have a completely healthy K.J. Jefferson. And we knew there was something wrong, and we didn't really know what it was. And and now you see K.J. completely healthy, throwing balls all over the field. Now you have to mold expectations into what you have now. And if if you can go out there and finish 8-5, and five, that's a heck of a season. After what you've been through this season with injuries and, and, and such, you know, this is – I mean, and then you had your – Couple of losses there against A and M and Liberty, where you're questioning, like, man, this te- this season could have been even way better than what it was. I mean, you you look at those what it would have, should have, could have. But you know, as a coach, you have to mold your expectations into what you can meet now. And if the expectation was make it to just make it to a bowl game, that's fine with me because that helps with recruiting. I mean, get your boys excited, get Larry the bowling ball out, have fun because. Just three seasons ago, four seasons ago, you were celebrating Club Dub inside Razorback Stadium locker room after you beat Colorado State, a team that you should beat every single time, maybe nine times out of ten. Well, and, and that's where this program's come to. Yeah, you should be happy for them to make it to a bowl game. Yeah, and you got the you know Matt Wood says, well, "What do you want the standard to be?" I, I've preached depth. You got to have depth. It all depends on what kind of depth you have. If you have one strength. Cross the line, front and back on the offensive defense. This is what's going to happen. This is what it's going to get you because you're going to have people banged up. You're especially playing the SEC and especially playing the SEC West. So the standard should be what your what is your depth? You're going to look at last year. We we got lucky on some wins last year. We got some wins that the ball went our way. We you know it's just the thing that that's how it goes. Now look at this year. 
Those same wins were losses this year. And look at the look look at the record. The record reflects that. You know, we're at a p- point where we we got to get more depth on both sides of the ball. You got to have a quarterback that you can that if it stays healthy, we know what KJ can do when he's healthy. Hopefully he comes back and proves that what he can do. But but the whole standard of that's expectations. You're basing your standards off of what? I mean, every August, we're like, hey, we're going 8, 9, 10 wins. We're going 10 wins. We're going 11 wins. How many 10-win seasons has this program had in the past 30 years? It's three. So, But we keep on putting those expectations of this is the year, this is the year, and then it don't happen, and they're mad at the team. That That's all I'm getting at. And I know everybody wants their team to be good, and everybody does. That's the part of being a fan. But yet when those players are going out there and they're kicking ass and they're not meeting your expectations, you got to look at yourself and be like, well, I thought they were going to be that good, and they weren't. So man, maybe I need to humble myself a little bit instead of blaming the coaches. And Because I'm telling you right now, yeah. Do you know how long it took to get this program back? What what would you let's just say hypothetically, Pittman leaves, Odom leaves, and Brile leave this year and you start all over. How long is it going to take to get this program back to a seven, eight win win team? At this point, there's no telling because of the nature of what college football is with the transfer portal and all that. What's available coaching wise? You don't know that either. Like, I would expect two or three more years of the same stuff just because you're uh, of who the coordinators you have right now that have helped elevate this team to a stable level at this point in college football. Well, We're stable. But, but it's we all know that at Arkansas, it takes a special type of coach to come yeah. in. You look at Brian Kelly, he goes down with 60 players, but you look at the talent that LSU has there. And you're just going in, and, and, and you can go in there and, and beat everybody and, and raise the expectations of because of the talent you have and the depth. Arkansas is not that, you know, when it comes to they, – they don't have the benefits of that. They got to go pick from other schools and do the transfer portal. Yep. And, you know, it's just the way it is. But you know Arkansas has to have a coach that buys into this state, buys into this program and gets the state, not just the players, but we we know what happens. We're seeing it right now with all these programs at Arkansas. What happens when you yep. get your fans and your players and stuff bought into your system? We're seeing it. It don't happen every single week, and it's not going to, but we're seeing the changes. You know, everybody laughed at the whole Texas A&M tweet about they said there was 90,000 fans there, and it was they said – the fans were – I mean, a third of it was even full at halftime. That was Arkansas two, three years ago before Pittman came. I remember the Western Kentucky game at halftime. It was the same exact stadium with different logos. Yeah. Uh, we we made the joke that uh, when when COVID started and they had all those – the COVID regulations and you had could only could have like 30% of your stadium or 25% of your uh, stadium full – and Arkansas fans were joking because that's what we were used to under Chad Morris. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we were used to. And 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 that sucked. You you know, it absolutely sucked as a fan going into the game and you're you're doing your part as a fan to scream, hoop, holler, cheer your team on, and you look around 
and your people, you've got people that are just sitting there on their phones. They're just not entertained. You're, and, and it's just apathetic. You score a touchdown. Like the, I remember being there when Cheyenne O'Grady caught the touchdown on the sideline against Colorado State and bucked eight defenders off of him and, and went to the end zone. And, you know, Arkansas was winning by three touchdowns, but it didn't feel like it because, well, everybody was apathetic. Yeah. Like now, here we are. We're seeing a full stadium again, a raucous crowd, and Arkansas's fans have caused like 15 or 16 false starts this season. Mm-hmm. It's fun again. Yep. And and that's the thing is what I wanted to see uh, under Sam Pittman, and I didn't expect to see it because I thought we were going to still be in the two to three to four wins a year. But he stabilized Arkansas to a point where it's fun to be a Razorback fan again. Because we can go to the stadium, we can have fun, we can go to the hog walk, slap, slap the boys on the on the back and and slap their hands, tell them good to have a good game out there. There's just energy there again. There's energy around this stadium, and it sucks to see the criticism of Sam Pittman. I mean, he's a first time head coach. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes, and he's leaning on his coordinators maybe sometimes a little bit too much. But that's but what he wants is, them to do, though. He's not a micromanager. Yeah. And here's the this is the not. biggest thing is. People people look at that as a down a knock on Coach Pittman. No, that is you're supposed to be the CEO. You run that football program in that company. Yes, every decision falls on your lap. And he is a very good person when it comes to I don't care if it was their fault, I'm gonna take the hit heat for it. Okay. Yeah. But he lets those guys do their job. And yes, they're not perfect. They're just like us. They're not perfect. And it's just in when you let them do their job, you get better results because now you know Browse ain't looking over his shoulder if his his quarterback throws an interception. The quarterback's not looking over his shoulder if he. It, it, uh, Coach Neighbors made a perfect point. Like when he's got his players out on the court, you see a lot of teams if they if the other team goes on a four to six to eight point run, they call that timeout. He does not because he's like, I've got two guards out there that I trust. They're going to calm things down. You put that play. You put that trust in your players. Now, not to say that there's time where Papa needs to step in and call a timeout, and there's not times where Pittman needs to step in and be like, "Hey, look, we let you have your turn. Okay, now it's my turn to step in and be like, "Hey, look, let's see what we can go." Yeah, but you yeah. know, but Brady brain ended thing. He said, "If the only yeah. one question about offense available, man, I'm just to be dead honest. You can look at eighty percent of college football." And if you take their quarterback yes. out, uh, so that's not an Arkansas thing. I'm looking at depth overall, you know. Because look at look that. at Bryce Young you can't at Alabama, at that point. and look at Tennessee. They just lost Hendon Hooker for the season with an ACL. So, you know, I mean, you yeah. have these guys. You take them out of the game, and it's crazy that it, I was thinking about. That's it. the only sport where you rely on that one guy for you know basketball sub, baseball sub, basketball subs. You got reserves yeah. and starters and bench and relievers football is the only one that if you replace your quarterback it's like a cardinal sin you don't have that and i know it it goes with rhythm and that's just how it is and it's not really worked out more than or more so not than it has but it is it makes for good conversation of you know and matt brings out a good point arkansas typically has done well when coaches that do more with less yeah they have, but, I mean, everybody puts the whole thing on Bobby Petrino. I don't think Bobby Petrino, if he was here five, seven years, would have done – I don't think he would have kept winning. 
at the rate that he was. Because you look at the overall, his overall coaching career, where has he done that at? He had a Heisman Trophy quarterback and couldn't get to a bowl game. He couldn't sustain anything. Exactly. So he could not sustain the because, success. <laughs> I'm and telling you, school twice. He he was in that era where the players were starting to change. He wasn't yeah. going to buck, but the, the the players that he was coaching was starting to change, opposed to having more of a voice for themselves. His style of coaching, and you've seen him against the in the Missouri State game. He's he's changed as a person. He's more of a Grant Paul, laid back. But he still he yep. still has that competitive drive, you know. Yeah, and uh, sorry, I was trying to was trying to pull up a point there. I didn't know you were going to finish that. No, quick. you're good. But uh, yeah, but you talk about like you look at when has Arkansas ever had a backup quarterback that could be equally as good or maybe eighty percent as good as their starter? I can tell you, there's one time. There was one time, maybe twice, okay, I can talk – we can talk uh, uh, Tyler Wilson mm-hmm. and Ryan Mallett. That's one. And maybe Brandon and Austin. Yes. Allen. Yeah. I'm talking – well, only, look, I'm not times. going way back in the future. I'm talking about yeah. recently. Yes. that Because that, that, right. both of them two. preceded the other one and did really good. Yeah. That's the only time that we've ever seen that. And and you and, and I think that was a good point that you brought up is because it is so hard. You can you can substitute any position on defense or offense, but the but the one position that really matters is quarterback. That's what makes your offense go. And 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 I I like Malik. I like his athletic ability, but he's certainly not. Uh, He's not the quality or the kind of player that KJ Jefferson. He brings so much value. Jefferson does to the quarterback position. He's got the deep ball arm. He's he's improved as an intermediate passer. And then you got to respect his legs and his movement ability, his athletic ability. And and you know you you look at Hendon Hooker. Joe Milton is not the same kind of quarterback that Hendon Hooker is. And and Joe Milton's a pretty dang good quarterback. But he's not going to move the needle as far as what Hendon does. It, it's all about being polished, and you're not going to have a guy. You're not going to have a guy that's going to come, especially in the state of college football, with a transfer portal, where they're going to stay around long enough to develop as a quarterback. If they don't play right now, they're going to move and go on. You you look at how long it took KJ to get to the point to where he is where he is. This is nothing against Malik at all. No, it, not at it all. It goes about some guys can come in. You got those elite five star quarterbacks. They've been in a high intensity situation their whole high school career. Right. They've been to that, you know, the Matter Days and in the Don Boscos and and all the IMGs, you know, IMGs and Duncanville, you know, uh, Cartersville. You look at Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and DJ. You know, Bryce Young, all them guys that played in that league, in that elite league, the seven-on-sevens, and then you go right into Alabama, you go to Ohio State, you go to LSU, and the expectations. Sometimes it don't pan out, but you look at sometimes it takes a guy, especially when you come into a program like Arkansas that doesn't have the – look at the biggest difference between the week before and this week with the blocking situation. You know, you're blocking and you have the quarterback – you know, it, it's just you got to give people time in that first. Basically, Malik would have to have a full season, first quarterback reps, first team reps, yeah. 
And then in-game situations, because I'm telling you, you can go out there. It's seven-on-seven, and and in practice situation, is way different. You look at how many teams claim to be seven-on-seven champions in the state of Arkansas, and then they go three-and-seven in the the high school football year. I mean, it's just it's the way it is. It's a whole different ball. So you can't really knock – Malik at the at, at the utmost, yes, he might not be able to pick up things as, as quickly as possible, but you still look at how long, you know, it was two years ago in the LSU game where KJ first come onto the scene, had a full year, and now even though he's barring, you know, he's been fighting through injury, he's still in this year and it is just now developing into that what we're seeing his full potential be. Yeah. And and before we go to a break, I mean we can talk about this. There was almost a point where KJ would never have been the starter at Arkansas because yeah. of Felipe Freights coming mm-hmm. over from Florida. Because KJ, everybody thought he was going to be the man. And he even admitted in a, a Hogs Plus interview that if it wasn't for Felipe leading him as a quarterback and a man, that he would never have become what he is today. Because because uh, because of Felipe and, and showing the leadership qualities. And that is something that's special and it's almost a uh, foregone thing in college football now is is guys helping develop and 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 bringing in that brotherhood sort of thing where they're developing as men anymore. Yeah. Because now it's a microwave society. Even in our professional lives, if it's not happening right away, we're ready to go on to the next thing. We're always some sometimes we're you know one foot out the door instead of coming in and developing as professionals. I mean. I mean, but success instantly. But on the flip side of it, we allow it. That, yes. That's the thing. Here's the deal. Like, I want it, I want it to be 50-50. And, and this is the thing. The older I get and, and really the more I've done the media stuff and, and really been behind the scenes, especially on the women's side, and looked at these players who've come in and just took it full advantage of their second chance or third chance. But yeah. it's almost like, hey, we're going to give you $5,000 to go to this job. You take that $5,000 and you're there for a year. Well, the very next year, this other company wants you. We're going to give you $10,000. you are going to take those opportunities because it's been given yeah. to you. So we can't sit here and, and fully, 100%, blame the kids or right. call these kids quitters or call these things because there's a difference when it comes to, I want to go pursue this opportunity because this is what I... You look at the Heisman Trophy winners. Look at Baker Mayfield. Look at look at um, Murray. Oh, Murray. And there yeah. was another one. They had three. I'm missing one. Yeah. You had Mayfield, um, Murray, and then I mean, of course, Hurts. But then Jaylen you had Hurts, yeah, yeah. Jalen Hurts at OU, which Jalen didn't do near as good at OU that um, Kyler and Baker did. But you look at Joe Burrow. You look at these guys that got to go to a different school and make a chance, and I know that's a diamond in the rough deal, but it's happening. Now, you're going to have those kids that go to other schools, and you see their money grabbing because when they go to these other schools, they're not producing. Yeah, You can tell the difference. And you're seeing what Arkansas is doing with transfers. Sam Pittman's done a hell of a job getting transfers into this program that and that's helped elevate. I mean, every single year, I think maybe outside of one or two transfers that first season under Sam Pittman, every other transfer he's got's been spot on. But all every it is, one. it's quality over quantity. You look what Felipe yeah. done. You look what Drew Sanders has done. Look I at mean, Drew Sanders. And look you at, look at, at Brennan <laughs> Landers and McLaughlin. 
you know, you look at all yeah. these cats that have come in and just been able to help you out. And, and yeah. in some part of way, you, you, th- you take, you take Sanders off your team. You take McLaughlin off your team. You take Landers off your team. You take Hazelwood off your, you take all these guys that was transfers off your team and say you even take, bring back uh, Brooks and Fouché. Cause if there was no like yeah. transfer portal, I mean, it, right. it'd be pretty depleted, but be I mean, different. so way um, different. And, and that's the thing, but, like they, and also one more point is, yeah, this is getting to the end of the season. I think some of these players are starting to really realize, dude, I've only got a few more games in this Jersey left. Oh yeah. And, and I think a lot of the, another thing to go off of the piggyback of the transfer portal is, you know, you it, recruiting wise, that is a lot of the way these transfers are played. You can sell, you can sell that to these high profile transfers and saying, Hey, we did it with these guys. Just come on, bring me 20, bring me in 20 transfers, 15, 20 more transfers that are of the same type of caliber as, as what they brought in because they've proven themselves with a track record of being able to plug these guys in and have instant success. And yeah, it doesn't show on the wind column right now. Yeah. But those transfers have come in and started and done very well. I mean, Drew Sanders, early on in the season of the first six games, he's like one of the maybe the first number one uh, linebacker, inside linebacker uh, in the Mel Kiper top uh, big board. I mean, that that sells a lot. And Sam Pittman and his staff can really sell that to these transfers going forward that, hey, you're a big-time guy and you want to go pro and you haven't really uh, been able to do what you want at Alabama, the LSUs, the Floridas, the Clemsons, you can do that here at Arkansas. Yep. And we got a spot for you. I mean, that that's a perfect thing for Arkansas and Sam Pittman right now, and that's what's going to continue to help stabilize this program. And and that's the thing, you know, we, we can run down these comments, but it's the transfer portal is basically college free agency. But but, but here's it is. <clears throat> but we gotta play it both ways. We accept everybody who's come into Arkansas with open arms, we cheer for them, but it's the ones that leave or go to other other schools that there's the complaints about. We can't we can't right. embrace the ones that come to Arkansas. And and the thing is no, you're right. Look Look at what it's done for college football. Look what it's done for Arkansas. Look what it's done for teams like Tennessee. Look Look what it's done for Georgia. Ole Miss. You know, you've got – look at Texas A&M. I mean, they bring in all these five-star recruits, and they're sitting there horrible. Right. You know, Alabama loses two games in the regular season. You're having more of people where it's more even. Because look at the yep. – look at the three coaches. I'll include my coach. Dabo – Saban and Jimbo, the three ones that have complained the most about the transfer portal are the ones that have been reaping off of, let's go here, let's go here, let's go here. Yeah. And especially if you want to go to a 12-team playoff, which is about to happen, you know. But anyway, we are going up against a break for real, and we will continue this conversation right after the break. Got to let our our sponsors speak for a little bit, but we'll, we'll come right back after the break. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grind It Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. 
We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the, only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast. And before we get into segment number two, we want to thank our proud sponsor at Arkansas Brewing Company, who is the sponsor of all live broadcasts on the Hog Talk Podcast. They're at 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas. And you can find them at 667-2739. They are always having daily specials, lunch specials, music. The My favorite, the Hillbilly Lager down there. So go down there to Ozark, downtown Ozark, Arkansas. Have yourself a drink and have yourself some good food. And with that, we will get into our second segment and just continue on what we're talking about. We a good, good conversation. This is what I love about having our fan feedback because, you know, we want to know that no matter what, even if you agree, disagree with with all of our <clears throat> takes, it's all about conversation. You know, like I take nothing that is said on our comments personal. I love the debate. That's what we want to, you know, include our fans in to make them feel like they're a part of the show instead of, you know, well, it's our takes. What y'all comment on, it, it doesn't matter. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm, I, I will admit it, and I think I can speak for the both of us, if it wasn't for our comments and our fans, this show would not even exist. So I, I love the fact that y'all want to interact with us, hear our takes, but yet hear your takes as well. And so it, it's just a little bit more funner after a win than a loss. <laughs> I'm sick of losing there for a little bit, especially with that Liberty yeah. loss. Man, it was really good to get back on the winning side of things. I know we didn't really 
uh, we cut off our, our old Miss talk a lot really early. I want to yeah. go back to that, and I want to give a shout-out to Rocket Sanders. The guy through two quarters and a minute was all he was on track to break Rocket Sanders' rushing record. And before we get back into the conversation, yeah, you're good. Go ahead. I wanted to give him a shout. Yeah, and and there's a lot of people who are saying that you know they should have left him in. Let but you got to think the dude carried the ball 24 times. You know, you still got a game to play. You're still got to look yeah. out for his health. I mean, average 9.7 yards a carry. You know, 238. Yes, yeah, so of course. When you get to that record, you're you want it to be. Oh man, just leave him in for a little bit longer. But it's right. like. I mean, 24 carries in what, this is your 10th game? I mean, is this their 10th game this season, you know? So, I mean, that's a lot to ask for, you know? And even in the games where he wasn't, he was still carrying the ball 10, 15, 20 times. So, I mean, when you're – you got to think the next one next to him was K.J. had eight. So, we're we're used to seeing K.J. and and, and Rocket have even equal shares of running the ball. Right now, Rocket, and you know he come in and got twenty four carries. So, I mean, it's just you you got to look at that part of it too. Twenty, you're running the ball twenty four times. Uh, that that and and on top of that, you're running every play to begin with. So yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the conversation as far as the transfer portal goes, man, really, I thought it, it it's been a blessing in disguise a little bit. Just because, you know, when it first started and Arkansas lost Mike Woods, yeah. I was bummed. You know, Mike Woods, I thought, alongside Traylon Burks, they were going to be a dynamite duo offensively uh, in 2021. And I was I was bummed. And he ended up not having the type of success it, that he went on to have at OU as what he had at Arkansas. I thought that guy could have probably had 850, 1,000 yards is uh, senior year uh, as a Razorback. And, and, you know, the transfer portal, it taketh and it giveth away. And, man, Arkansas's reaped benefits. And I know there's a lot of folks that didn't like the transfer portal, and they still don't like the transfer portal. But it has it, we have reaped a lot of benefits as far as a football program and basketball program. We have reaped a lot of benefits just out of the transfer portal. You You – you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to get a linebacker or two linebackers. So you're look, you're losing pool and you're losing Drew Sanders. Uh, I know you got some young, uh, young cats like Chris Paul, man, that guy, he's dynamite. You, you, you got to get some, you're going to have to get some depth. Uh, I mean, you're losing 21 seniors. You're going to have to, and you're bringing, I think 25 guys in and out of the recruiting class, but you, you're still going to have to generate some more of the, uh, transfers. I think our, I think Arkansas ends up taking fifteen to twenty guys next year, just based off of you know Pittman knowing what he needs to get to the next level. He knows he has to get better depth. Yeah, and and you do, and that's the thing, man. People don't realize the gap um, between high school and and. and College yeah. football in general, much less Division One. Um, I, I had a chance. JJ uh, uh, Hollinsworth out of Greenland had a yeah. chance to see him in high school, and then I had seen him at a, at a softball game. He was at one of the scrimmages, and I'm telling you the difference between him in high school and now, body wise. Yeah, night and day. 
takes a takes a while. Night and day. I mean, that's just what happened. Now you get them, and you so for people, you know, got to realize that. You know, we're trying to get you up to a weight. We're trying to get you strong. We're trying to get you up to the point where you could be a D1 athlete. You could be there, you know, health-wise, sleeping, eating, lifting the weights. Now, we got to teach you to perform just because you're bigger. Now, we got to teach you to perform at that weight. We got to teach you to perform at that weight and that size and agility. So, I mean, it takes a lot of time. You got to build this thing up and then mold it. So, there was a comment, I think Matt said it, about the whole uh, offensive line guru. and, and sometimes, But that, that goes into depth. That goes to people out of place. People don't realize that you can't just put a guard at a tackle's position. You can't put a center in a, at a tackle's position. The blocking schemes. You're blocking where you're supposed to go. It's totally different. You know, we can't just stick somebody on, off, on offense or defensive line. And it's not a plug and play. You've got to teach them the schematics and, and the verbiage at each one of those positions. And there's a difference between somebody could be better at right guard, somebody could be better at left guard. But that is the hardest position, in my opinion, that you develop is yeah. on the line because you are coming in and you're pushing 70. Well, let's see what they, how many plays they ran on Saturday. Um, I can't see the notes right now on how many plays they ran but say you run 60 plays you're asking to block these 300 pound guys for 60 plays i mean it takes a long time to develop an offensive lineman that's why you don't see a lot of these freshmen coming in right off the bat unless they're developed and they're ready to go or they have to because they just don't have the depth i can name you four true freshmen five actually true freshmen that have started at Arkansas since 2013. That's we can go back a whole decade. That's Dan Skipper and uh, Denver Kirkland in 2013 as true freshmen. They were inserted in the starting lineup against AM. Uh, and then there was uh, Frank Ragnall in 2015. He was a true freshman. But these guys, they were built different. Um, and then you had uh, Ty Clary. And Ricky Stromberg were the only other two freshmen in the past decade to to be inserted in the starting lineup as true freshmen. And Ty Clary, that dude, he was a preferred walk on in 2017 mm-hmm. against FAMU uh, as a starter. I mean, it you had to be a different kind of breed as an offensive lineman. Like at, to your point, you had to be more mature and developed as a as a man to go out there and and compete at the highest level of college football. And you're still going to get beat at certain points in certain games just because these defensive linemen that have been around forever, they may maybe be a step quicker. You've got to adjust to the speed of the game. It's just different. And it's the same way in the pros. You don't see many rookie offensive linemen be completely inserted into the starting lineup unless they're a top five pick right, right away, Porter. So, well, there, it, yeah, as an offensive line group, go ahead, go ahead. But you know, you, you know when you see, and we're putting those in the 1%. Like, you look at right. those names you've named. They're they're in the NFL, or they've played in the yeah. NFL. You know, Every that's the one. difference. Yeah. One. You you look at kids that come out of high school, and, and everybody thinks they're, they're college, they're college material. But when you do this, you see what college material is, and you look at these kids, and – you got to look at, I would say, even 6A, even the 6A kids, and I'm speaking of Arkansas terms, 
six eight down. You got to dominate, yes. absolutely dominate at your position to be considered a D one athlete. We, we we got two guys on on the Arkansas roster right now that was six eight defensive players of the year, and and they're you know it's just that's the difference between where you're at at that school and then when you get to college it's it it, it it's huge so you've got to dominate yeah. to even get looked at now that's to get your foot in the door and then when you get on campus it's dedication people don't realize you know when we talk about you know paying and and, and these players deserve to get money and they're getting a scholarship but they don't realize just because the fact that they're playing a sport. I mean, it's dedication 365 days of the year. I know they have off days just like normal work. But I'm telling you, from the time 6 a.m. till probably 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock every night, your day's planned. What you're doing, where you're going to be at Monday through Friday. Yeah. You've got classes. You've got workouts. You've got team workouts. You've got individual workouts. You've got study, work study, <laughs> study hall, you know, I mean, right. film session. Games, practice, so, and that's the thing. That's where it really eats you mentally. You, you're the star at your high school, and then you go to work. And sometimes you don't want it to be work. Sometimes yeah. you, you you live in where you're at in high school, and I'm, this is this is just the truth on some kids that don't make it at the next level because they don't realize the dedication that it takes to get to the next level. But not only that, but stay there. Yeah, and look how hard it is for any of the true freshmen this season to even see playing mm-hmm. time. You, you've yep. had two guys that have had any kind of extensive playing time this season. You think about guys like Isaiah Satania, who's one of the fastest guys on the team, and you've seen him in one game this season. Yep. But you look at Quincy McAdoo, a guy that converted from receiver three games ago to, to a defensive back, and, and now he's – I mean, some guys are just gamers. You've got Rashad Dabinian, who's uh, who somebody alluded to. Brady. Well, I mean, Brady last year he was one of the top. Yeah, but this year he's only got yeah. one touchdown. Yeah, it's just he's got eighty-three you know, yards rushing on the year and one touchdown. But yeah. he had so much promise, and I, you know, it's right. the, it's it. But that's the crazy thing. What we talk about, you just because they were a stud last year doesn't mean right. that it's automatically going to be look at Dominic Johnson. I mean, you look at the stable of running backs they have, and now it's all yeah. – it's Rocket and, and KJ. Yeah, and then you you put Hudson Clark back there at safety, and he's completely turned it on. I mean, yeah, here's, there's going to be – there's going to be mismatches and stuff where and, and guys get beaten and and on the offensive side too. But, you know, it's, it's really cool to see some of these freshmen that you really didn't think – we're going to step up early, step up early and play big moments. And Quincy McAdoo is one of those guys. And, and that dude, he deserves some big red sponsorship NIL deals at the, uh, uh, I, if I, I'm, I'm a complete supporter of big red. I love the big red stores. NIL is in a, is in McAdoo's future. Cause that dude, man, that dude has done very well for himself, set him himself up for future startup. And I know a lot of people, it's way too early to really uh, to predict it. There's a lot of people that are impressed, like 
pro scouts so far with McAdoo's skills. Well, and he has the heart. He has the. He yeah, goes out like he we does. said last week. But I have to. I have to correct myself. I was looking at the receiving stats. He, oh, okay. He's got 155 yards rushing and three touchdowns on the year. He had two against Auburn, so I misspoke yeah. on that. But no, I mean oh, with, with Magadou, you just look at that one. That one play really stuck out to me. That one that was, I mean, that was like somebody who's been starting every game of the year. When he made, I mean, the timing was just perfect, and you know, you know, you can have a little bit of hand on the body when it comes to making a play on the ball. He wasn't grabbing, Ooh. and he just made a perfect play. And the fact that, you know, he, he just had that poise. And you, we, that's what we were talking about. You just see thir- certain things in certain players like they got it. Yeah. Now let's go make the most of it. But you can he's going to be a special player. Barring, I mean, this kid stays healthy. He's going to be one of those. Hudson Clark's the same one in night and day. The kid, you put him in safety. It's like, okay, it's like giving somebody glasses. You put him over at corner and he don't have his glasses on. He can't see. He's not yeah. confident. You could tell what, you know, but you put him in safety and he's a lot more confident. Now, is he going to get burnt? Is Are you going to make mistakes? Yeah, everybody does. But you could just everybody tell does. the confidence. In, and when you put somebody in their natural natural position. Yeah. He was – he is so uh, unfairly criticized because of that three-interception game against Ole Miss as a freshman. I mean, we put so much emphasis on he's the next big thing in Arkansas football as a walk-on, and and we we his expectations rose just kind of like the Arkansas. We went nine and four last year, and here we are sitting at six and five this season with a with a seventh win maybe coming against Missouri this week. Yeah, but you know, it we we unfairly put higher expectations on people because of one amazing game. Yeah, but but here's the, this is where I play devil's advocate. He was offered a scholarship. He was put on scholarship was. after that, and he took <laughs> he it. Was. So I mean, it, it's one of them. Yeah, that's the thing. You go out and and you perform. Let Let's see what you can do again. But yeah, it, but it's like it, it's weird how to put it. It's like you want to show them. Okay, you had a great game. Now go do it again. Other than tell them in a negative way. Well, I've seen you do it now one time, but I bet you can't do it again. Or, hey, let me right. see you do that three times. You do it three times. Well, now let me see you do it five times. You know, but it, it's just it, – it's funny. I knew that that was going to get brought up with because, I mean, it, it's been the talk of, you know, the defense for the past two years with him. But right. the on the one hand, yes, he had that great game and the social media craze, let's give him a scholarship and everybody is – but then again, it's like – when it comes down to his play, you know, nobody was complaining when everybody was up in arms, let's give him a scholarship. It, it was when yeah. he had a couple of rough games and everybody's like, hey, look, he, he doesn't deserve this and deserve that. So, again, if if you're going to be able to handle the praise, we, we can't keep it all sunshiny. You know, if, if somebody's going out and just not handling that position, they need to be put in a position where they're natural position or – you know, it, it, but you got to handle the criticism. Yeah, and and yeah, McAdoo's just—he's done an amazing job, and and the move to safety was really good for Clark. But another move that I really like was putting Drew Sanders more outside. Yeah, and being able to freely go and and uh, blitz on certain downs. You're seeing that with Chris Paul, the move back to more pressure as far as getting to the quarterback. 
Arkansas, I mean, a lot of that maybe has to do with the style of depth offenses you've been playing recently. We're talking about Arkansas depth. Been, what's that? Depth. You've got a guy, yeah. Chris Paul, comes up. Yeah. Now that frees up where you're not putting much of the load yeah. on pool. And Sanders, you've got another guy yeah. that can come out there and help him out. And it, it yeah. has proved dividends. That's what the main and, thing when I talk about this depth, that is the perfect case of Chris Paul. He, he elevates himself. Now you've done shared the load on two guys. Now it's three, and yeah. now you see the other two how they're performing. And that's really what Arkansas was so successful with the linebacker position last year is because you had three guys. You had Hayden Henry, had Grant Morgan, and you had Bumper Pool. So even when Bumper or Grant was injured, you could still depend on Hayden Henry to come down and and fill in at the linebacker position on certain plays. Um, that is really, to me, I think another recruiting pitch – as far as being able to create more depth at the linebacker position is Michael Shearer going out there and saying, this is what I've done with the linebacker since I've been at Arkansas. I've got one guy that's been the, uh, Burl, won the Burl's Worth trophy. I have another guy that's maybe going to be a first round draft pick in the NFL. I've got another guy that's a uh, red shirt freshman. That's probably going to start for me next year. Who's been ex- just playing with his hair on fire fire. And then I coached another uh, linebacker to uh, be in the career tackles leader at U of A. Yeah. I mean, that's a really dang good uh, recruiting pitch for Michael Shearer, in my opinion. He's done a heck of a job, and I think that's a, a guy that's really forgotten about because we've taken the linebacker position and the played at the linebacker position for granted. And well, and, Shearer's and done a lot so of it well. goes on Odom, though. Uh, that goes to the thing where it all goes to the D.C. Like, like if yeah. K.J.'s playing well, well we're going to say, well, Kendall Brown's called a hell of a game. They're not going yeah. right to the quarterback's coach. Or if a linebacker right. did, you're not going to the linebacker's coach. You're going to Odom. But I want to point out this underrated comment. It says, does it feel like Barry's calling the game better from the sidelines than in the box? I've always been a component or, or, or – in favor of the coach on the sidelines. I think you get more face-to-face interaction. You can really explain to somebody, hey, look, when this play happened, this is where I wanted you to be, opposed to where you were, opposed to you're playing a lot of middleman, right? Yeah. And in today's game, as fast as this game's moving, I think somebody needs to be on the sidelines, opposed to you're calling a play from the press box and you see something, then you're trying to relay that to your captain opposed to he's on the field and he sees it and then he's relaying the message straight out to the I just yeah. think the risk ain't worth the reward when it comes to yes you're elevated you can see a little bit but I think the time it takes to really get the the message to the right players it might be too late yeah and being able to motivate your guys from the sideline too yeah. I've always liked to see the fire because he's a very <laughs> animated coach uh, I don't think I, I, there was a guy that I watched when I was in high school and through college uh, when I was uh, living in El Dorado. His name was John Painter. He was the head coach at Magnolia, was defense coordinator at El Dorado while I was in high school. And the guy just had that fire. And he was a very animated coach. But if I think if you put him in the box, you know, you, you, uh, you don't get as – uh, much out, you don't get that fire, you don't get that feeling. And I'm not saying that that that's whatever John ever did, but I think he motivated his players so well on the sideline that you lose that. Oh yeah, definitely. You ain't and, like you're making a big play and you're like looking, you're looking at the press yeah. box. 
<laughs> you yeah. know, he's right there and, chest bumping you. Yeah. And then that's, that's the kind of fire coach fire in a coach that I like to see. And, and you look at Kendall and you look at Barry and they're always both into the game so much. And I, I really like seeing how Barry's like jumping around, trying to get the guys in the right spot at the right time. And they played a lot better, Matt. They, and I like the, I like that uh, comment there. They played a lot better. I mean, you take out the the 500 yards of offense they had in the second half against Ole Miss uh, that they gave up uh, on on Saturday night, and it's a completely different game. You, you, I think they had like 297 yards at halftime yeah. and only six points, but you stopped them. I think they were like one of four in the red zone and a missed field goal. And they were stopping them in, in the crucial parts. So, that yeah, they're giving up chunk yards. That's, that's the product of defense and the style of offenses that you're facing these days. It's not your uh, – it's the first team to whoever uh, gets to 250 yards and, and seven, 17 points wins anymore. It's getting stops in crucial points in games. And that's, and that's what they've really done under Barry Odom since the BYU game is getting those crucial stops. Yeah, and and that's it's it's all about quality, and we we can sit there and and, and say that well they done this and done that, you know, and it wasn't right. a, a escape win like you dominated that game. I mean, yes. you gave up twenty one points in the fourth quarter and still won forty two to twenty seven. I mean, yeah, it, it it it's just the fact that it looked like you know, look, we got the game well in hand. Let's rest our players. We got and and. We still got another game to play. We want to win against yeah. Missouri. I mean, that's the thing. Like this, and and I know it's not up there with rivalry games at the top to to our perception, but they just got the bowling ball out. You know, they're wanting to go get another trophy because they lost out on the boot. They're wanting to go right. get this, you know, the borderline trophy and then or battle line trophy, and then they're going to go get the bowl trophy. So no, this game means everything because I'm telling you. And then this is where I kind of say that it is a rivalry in sense because I think of a lot of the games, if you want to put teams who you do not want to lose to, I want to say Missouri's right there underneath um, Texas A&M. When it comes to if you lose to that team, it pisses you off the most. And yes. to me, that's the sense of a rivalry. Which team? My rivalry is coming up Saturday, and I could care less if this team wins it Anything. I don't want them to win it. Nothing. It it it, it sickened me yeah. to sit there and watch Tennessee lose like that because it's like, oh, I don't want them getting any praise. But that's the when it comes to a rivalry, that's what it means. Who do you hate the most? And I think it goes on to the linebacker, you know, running his mouth and then just couldn't ever. I think it pissed you off more because they were talking all that crap and there was nothing that Arkansas could do about it. And they finally got yeah. the win. And I think coming into this one. We're going to show them, like, hey, look, and this is the first time that they're going to be able to do it on the road. They haven't, you know, and, and we'll see where this goes. But, yeah, this is going to be a one where you're really going to want it. Yeah, I don't think Arkansas's beaten Missouri on the road. Uh, they played the game there uh, 2014. They lost 21-14. to 14. 2016, they lost after being up 28 to, or 24-7. to 7. Uh, Arkansas allowed Missouri back in the game and ended up winning that game 28-24. Uh, 2018, Arkansas lost 38 uh, nothing, And then 2020, they lost 50-48 to off a uh, uh, failed two-point conversion uh, attempt. Uh, 
yeah, if I remember that correctly, that was KJ Jefferson's first game as a starter. Second game as a starter. First game uh, uh, Felipe had missed due to injury. Arkansas lost fifty to forty-eight, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm yes. wrong. But yeah, they have never, never the, the only Missouri. time they have won that it wasn't in Arkansas was at Shreveport at the Independence Bowl, two thousand three. And then back in nineteen forty-four. In St. Louis, Missouri, they won seven to six. What year was that? Nineteen forty-four. Oh man! So that I mean, was, you've only won four times. You've only won four times in this whole. I mean, your whole time playing yeah. Missouri, they hold a nine to four. Yeah, nine I'm to looking four. at Winsipedia right now, and yeah. you had forty-four, oh three, fifteen, and twenty-one. So for sixteen to twenty, you know they they had the advantage. So yeah, yeah, they're going to be wanting this game bad. And and you yeah. don't want and they, they play really good defense, so this is not going to be a, a cupcake. But I'm telling you right now, I mean, this is something we get in onto on a, on another podcast. But and we will when we have our our beat writer from Missouri. But you know, both teams are going to want this game, and I know yeah. that Arkansas is already bowl eligible. But don't let Missouri's that take not. the fact that they don't want this game just as much as as Missouri. Yeah. Missouri wants to get that trophy back, and they're also wanting to get bowl eligible for the third time under Drinkwitz too. Uh, Arkansas's, you know, Arkansas got to their to to the bowl eligibility, but I think Arkansas right now is a much better team. Uh, I feel like they're healthy and they are better than uh, more healthy than they've been all season long, and so I'm really hoping uh, Friday Arkansas is going to pick up a victory uh, in Como because they need it. I'm tired of losing to these freaking losers from Missouri. Like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 was just a terrible stretch in Arkansas football history. And then you lose that uh, 29, or 2020 game in Sam Pittman's first year. Uh, just you blew like a 21-point lead that season. It just sucked. Yeah. Uh, I just I just hate losing to Missouri. And that's that's exactly where you're at. You, you want to hate losing them, and I hate – I don't cheer for them. Uh, I don't cheer for Missouri. I don't root for them. I, I root for uh, whoever they're playing, and the same way in basketball. Hate well, them in basketball well, too. Well, let's let's finish on this. It's like we just now got off a win. Like like we know this roller coaster of a season. I honestly think that you don't win this game against Missouri. The bowl game means nothing. I know it gets you extra yeah. practices. But the, that taste in your mouth of going into that bowl game. Well, we lost a. a Five and six. Now they're six and six. You done made them bowl eligible. They're two and five in the conference, or three and five in the conference now. If, if yeah. they beat you, you know that that right there means that you. Let's finish this off on a on a rise. Let Let's take the Ole Miss, take it, and because it's going to make you enjoy that Ole Miss game even more if you take it now. You win the Missouri game, and then you go into the bowl game. You win that because that carries that momentum. You're on a three game win streak going into next year. Like this, the craziest season it's been of injuries and everything that's not went right. I think that's right. you. This is a very important game for Arkansas to win. Yeah, and and I think they, I think they have the uh, absolute edge in this game. You look at it, and, you, and we can break that down later on this yeah. week. But your quarterbacks better, your running backs are better, your defense is healthy. And Arkansas is just playing with with absolute fire right now, and I, I think they have the edge going into the game week. Well, Jacob, if you, you got anything else, brother, before we wrap this thing up, or you you good to go? Oh, man, 
Man, as always, go Hogs. That's right. Hey, and and we can't forget also, man. We we, we don't want to forget to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. If you're not able to tune in between now and then, we want everybody to have safe travels to their their family destination. Or if you're having it at your home, you know, hey, we'll pray for you to and having all that family and food <laughs> in your own house because I know what that's like too. But for Porter Hayes, Jacob Davis, this is another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast presented by Arkansas Brewing Company and Bet Online. We will catch you tomorrow night or Tuesday depending on what's going on with our schedule with the weekly women's sports report. And then either or day, we will have the um, beat writer talk to you about um, Missouri coming up. We'll catch you later.